the, the purpose of this is really to figure out for you to figure out who is Evergreen Chapel, what are we doing, uh, and, and do you want to be a part of it? And that maybe seems silly to, for a church that's two years old to ask, um, but the point is better late than never. And uh, the question I want to ask <clears throat> to start is, well, why are we doing this? Uh, and I've titled it, Is There a Problem? Because when you, when you kind of issue a town hall, it's usually to say, we're going to tackle some kind of problem. Um, well, in general, I mean, church planting is a new subject for many people. Um, it's become kind of trendy in Northwestern Christianity in the last 15 years. Like to become a church planter is kind of like, ooh, that's kind of cool. Uh, and that may just sound silly to you, but I mean, trust me, I follow conferences and <clears throat> church planting has become a, a bit of a subject and a bit of um, something by which to gain a little bit of reputation by. Okay, and trust me, that's not why I did it. Uh, again, I signed up to be a preacher, not a church planter. But most church planting organizations, they do target cities. They target, if you look at the ones in Canada, they t- they'll target Ottawa. They'll target Montreal. They'll target Toronto, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, St. John's. Okay, but small towns uh, don't get a lot of love from church planting organizations. And maybe even the concept of church planting needs a bit of defense for you. And uh, what we believe that is, is that when there are Christians, those Christians should be together in a healthy church, in a functional church that's governed as the Bible commands and doing the things that a church is supposed to be doing. Um, now, and I, I talked about uh, churches emptying out. Churches are, are being emptied um, by the dozens in, uh, in Ontario, especially. And so when we come to evangelism, we come to church planting, there's two approaches you can take. And, and I, I wrote there, a Nike and an Adidas um, rep each visit a coastal country in Africa, one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast. They both go back to their head offices. And I won't say which is which, um, but one shoe rep says to his uh, sales team, listen, this is bad news. Nobody in Africa wears shoes. There is no market here. The other one goes back to his sales team and excitedly says, nobody wears shoes here. It is a massive market for our product. Do you see the difference? Somebody looks at a whole group of people wearing no shoes and they say, well, we can't sell them to them because they don't want them. The Christian looks at empty churches in a town of 10,000 where maybe only 1,000 people are in church on any given Sunday. And we say, there's a huge market. There's a huge market here. This is not a marketing campaign, but I'm just using parallel language to say that we believe that a gospel witness, a gospel witness is going to put the word into people's hearts and people will be converted. I don't know how many and I don't know when. That's not for me to know. But I do believe and I do see that in small towns, a place like Evergreen Chapel needs to happen more often. And so what I'm asking is, what would it take for Evergreen Chapel to answer uh, this issue where small towns, uh, almost nobody goes to church? So what is a church? This is important. Hey, uh, Ketsy, can you throw that other slide up? I made something just special for you guys this week in my office. Anyway, okay, so what is a church? I I I illustrated this all for you, for you visual learners. Um, Anyway, what is a church? Because here's a problem that we encountered as Evergreen Chapel. We need to recognize that the church needs to escape from and detach itself from the influences of Canadian society and culture in terms of belonging to a religion. Because you know what most Canadian Christians believe? And I was a part of this 
um, for a long time, and maybe you've had a period in your life where this was true, but a church or, or being a church or going to a church just meant, I'm going to go where it pleases me, where I enjoy the music the most, where I think the pastor um, speaks my type of theology, or I like his personality. It's going where it pleases you. It's doing uh, what is convenient for you and best for you and you alone. And that is how many Canadian Christians have treated belonging to a local church. There essentially is no belonging. There is a periodic attendance. And people think that if there is any type of church attendance, uh, that they're living the full Christian life. We believe that's, that's damaging to Christianity. It's damaging to Christians. It robs Christians of their full life in Christ. As we saw in this morning's message in two weeks ago, I don't know what Jason said last week yet, but um, the church is the gathering. This is a rough definition. It needs more help probably. But the church is the gathering and cooperation of God's people having trusted in Jesus Christ for salvation for the purpose of glorifying God by fulfilling the Great Commission. Okay, that might be, that's a, we're not going to break that definition down, but the church has a much wider definition than just, it's a place where Christians show up to, and a group of kind of elite church people run a little bit of a performance, and everybody watches, and they get encouraged, and then they go home, and they have nothing to do with that church again. What about the day-to-day? Well, exactly. You said it, Dustin. So, the church is given three um, good... um, analogies in the new testament one is the body have you ever heard that that the church is a body okay that would be really weird if one day you woke up and your hand was like i'm just not going to participate today it would be tough to get through that day but we're given a picture of the body of christ as part of a, a visual of what it means to belong to the church we're also given the picture of a family of adoption Okay, there's a closeness there and an interdependence on one another and a communion with one another that is assumed uh, by the concept of the family. We're also given the picture of the temple of God. The temple of God. Instead of a temple that's made with stone or made with hands, God says, you as the church now are a temple, a dwelling place of the living God. And so we need to recognize, hey, if I belong to the church, these are the three pictures that I relate to. And does my belonging to that church reflect in any way those three pictures? For many of us, the answer might be no. And it's not. Something's missing here. And we want to be a church that helps people figure out what it looks like to belong to the church and to walk with Jesus Christ. Uh, None of these pictures work well with an individualistic approach that we're used to, frankly. They just don't work. So if you want a healthy church, you need to ditch uh, the assumptions that Canadian culture has implied on you. And you need to embrace the assumptions that the Bible gives you about being a Christian. So why Evergreen Chapel? What is a church? Well, why Evergreen? Why are we here? Why did we do what we're doing? Well, as I said at the beginning, we set out to recover and to present a deep, uh, historic, biblical teaching as a foundation to our identity. That was number one. We need people to hear God's word and to believe it. And we think if we're just doing that, and that's what we've been doing for two years. And that has borne fruit. That has borne incredible fruit in people's lives and in, in, in even in our town, I believe, already. But it's foundational to our identity. And if that's all we ever did, then God's word is being proclaimed and we're happy about that. Um, also, why Evergreen Chapel? People think, well, there's already like eight or nine churches in, in Smith Falls. Why add another one? Um, I, well, I, I don't want to accuse other churches. That's not the point. But... Th- 
statistically speaking, and there's, there's other reasons, but statistically speaking, when you plant a new church, you will see new believers if that church is healthy and doing what they're supposed to do. Isn't that amazing? The owner of Starbucks, when he put up his first, um, his first franchise, it didn't do very well. It was struggling. And they thought, what are we going to do? How are we going to make this coffee franchise get off the ground? Do you know what the owner did, the CEO did? He planted a second Starbucks across the street and he decorated it differently. And do you know what? Both Starbucks flourished. It goes against everything that um, the the economic uh, professors will tell you, supply, demand, blah, 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 blah. When a new church comes in, a new church is hungry to preach the gospel. Uh, They're hungry, they're excited, and, and there's very often new believers associated with that. And so we believe that if we're not seeing new baptisms or praying for new baptisms or praying for new um, frontiers or expansions, then we're not really fulfilling the call of a church plant. We don't want to compromise on what it means to be a true church just because we're in a, quote, small town, which means that we want to serve at Evergreen Chapel not only as a picture of a healthy, functioning, complete local body of Jesus Christ. I mean, a lot of people say, well, I watch Charles Price online or, you know, I have my podcasts. Those things are wonderful, but it's not an expression of the local church. And the Bible does not shy away from that, its importance. And so we want to serve as maybe even a model and maybe even a catalyst for future small town church plants. Can you see that with me? Can you see small uh, towns receiving new life through biblically-centered, Christ-exalting churches uh, where there is eldership and church discipline and love for the word and serving each other and loving each other? Small towns desperately need this, and we think that God is going to use us as part of doing that because he's obviously not back yet, Jesus, which means he's still building the church, which means we need to be busy doing that and serving him that way. So how do we achieve that? Well, the hows and the whats, we're still tweaking a little bit. Um, Ketsia, you can... Oh, no, not yet. Not yet. Uh, Not yet on that one. Unless you found the drawing one. But how do we achieve that? Well, we want to be a complete church. And I think that we know what that looks like from the scriptures. We don't want to be satisfied with or, uh, or settle for a local church expression that is less than what God gives in his word. Uh, that would be a waste of time, and I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in participating in and serving in and loving and being a part of a church that is fully embracing of the role of the local church. And, and I'm not going to shy away from that. And I'm not going to say, well, that's not convenient or that's not popular uh, because I don't, ha- I, don't, I don't have a model outside of his word. And so I'm not going to shy away from that. And neither are the leaders who help us do what we're doing. And so we want to present that. And, and what that means is that we need a clear picture of what a mature disciple in Christ looks like. We need, we need clear language to talk about what a church means. Because again, Maybe you and I all understand the language of church. But we need, we need to articulate who we are in such a way that people who are outside the church also can see its purpose. We don't want to create um, a sort of a facade that is so exclusive and so pushing people away that they think, well, no, I don't want to be a part of the church. Look at how they push out outsiders. They exclude outsiders. They clearly communicate to us that they want nothing to do with us. That's not a healthy church. A healthy church is looking for opportunities to speak each to each person as a way that they will understand that they would know what the church is. 
And so we're working on a process to basically come up with what does it look like to be a, a mature Christian? Because I want to help you and I want to, I mean, I need to be helped, but I want people who come to this church to know what it means to be a mature Christian and to know where they are and to help move forward in becoming a mature Christian. We need to make sure that we are assessing people and pastoring them. I mean, that's what pastoring is. It's to check on the health of the sheep and it's to check on the progress of the flock and making sure the flock is where they ought to be. That's a pastor's job. And so I want to make sure that we're assessing who we are as a church and, and measuring how people are doing and making sure that people are cared for. And so this is why we came up with a mission statement. And it's not set in stone. Uh, Ketsi, you can throw that up on the screen now, that other slide that's actually there. So we came up with a mission statement, and we're also coming up with a, a process to achieve our mission statement. Oh, that's not it. <laughs> um, because I've learned over and over again that it's not what you say you do, it's what you do. And so for me, I'm very hesitant to create a mission statement because that sets you up for, well, are you actually doing it? And... I want to make sure that if we, if we are very clear about why we exist, we need to make sure that we're actually doing it. And so as we articulate who we are as a church, we want to make sure that everything that we do behind the scenes is achieving, is achieving the things that we say we're doing. And so this is, this is what we're working with. And this is, what I want to, this is what I want to share with you. And I've been working on this for a long time uh, with other people. And again, it's not set in stone, but I want to invite you in to recognize and to assess whether or not you see this as a church that you want to be a part of. And I'm going to expand on that in a little bit. But basically, and, and we have this name, Evergreen Chapel. It sort of has this ecology uh, theme to it. And I like that. Um, but our mission statement goes a lot like this. Um, Evergreen Chapel exists to root in the truth, to grow up in love, and to yield fruit in season, all to know God and be known as his family. And so the purposes of, of saying something like that is to help people understand what we are. Because again, you and I all know, if, if we have a mission statement that only says to fellow Christians, hey, like, aren't we doing this well? Um, we don't have a mission statement that we can share with somebody. And if they're interested, I mean, you're sharing Christ with somebody. So much of evangelism is not just saying, hey, you need a personal relationship with Christ. Uh, we're inviting them into the family, into the body, into the temple. And so we want to describe what the local church looks like. And our mission statement is basically to help you have the words to articulate what it means to belong to a local church. Let's say Evergreen Chapel, among other great churches. Well, number one, what are we about? We're about rooting in the truth. Okay, you see the ecology theme here? And I had a picture of a little uh, blossom seed and under the ground was an anchor. That was the picture for that. Because we want to have a commitment to hearing, speaking, preaching, uh, proclaiming, and believing the Bible. The Bible is our anchor. It's our source of knowledge. It's the only way we can do anything as a church rightly before God. So we root in the truth. That's a fantastic thing. But if that's all we are doing, we are not fulfilling what it means to be a church. And so we also want to say that we are growing up in love. We're committed to growing up in love. 
And so what we want to do is we want to organize small groups. We want to organize smaller accountability or life groups or cell groups, or there's a million names you could have for them, but where they are set up to disciple and challenge each other in the truth that we are learning. Hey, how does that a truth apply to your life? How are you obeying these scriptures? How is God teaching you through what's going on um, through the preaching at church? And so we believe that that happens really well in a small group setting. And so in the near future, we're going to be setting up small groups. And if you belong to Evergreen Chapel, and if you want to become a mature Christian, it's basically assumed this is going to be something that you're participating in, in order that God can mature you. Now, there's other ways to do this. We just think that this is an effective way that we've seen other churches do really well. And so we want to create small groups. And then the third part is yielding fruit in season. We want to become a church uh, that evangelizes. We want to become a church that through our maturity, uh, we are growing up and, and, and visibly things are changing. We want to bear fruit in season. We want to say, hey, as a church, if we are growing up in love, then there is going to be fruit attached to that growth. Okay, Jesus, Jesus, when he met a fig tree with no fruit on it, he cursed it. He said, nobody will ever eat from this tree again. It's a serious thing for there to be a lot of foliage and no fruit. And so as a church, we want to say, hey, part of what it means to be a Christian is that there is fruit being yielded. And that doesn't just mean that you're becoming a great evangelist. That may be part of it. But this has a broad application in marriages being improved. Okay, marriage is getting better. Um, a stable outlook on life uh, coming into your life. Parenting wins. Okay, parenting victories. This is the fruit of growing up in Jesus Christ. Uh, economic and social responsibility. So becoming a, a better functioning member um, and a more obedient Christian to, to the Lord and in society and contributing. There are so many ways that the Christian life enriches the person. And so we want to see and we want to measure and we want to look at, hey, is there fruit being born in the life of believers? Um, and this is all to know God and be known as his, as his family. And, and that's important. And, and this came to me almost first. I thought, you know, to me, what really stuck out was know and be known. And do you know why I thought that? Because what's facing our society today, the, one of the, the two greatest um, killers of humanity right now is a lack of certainty, a lack of knowledge, an abandonment of the concept of God. Whereas we at the church recognize we know God. And so why do we exist? We exist to know God and also to be known. That's a huge thing too, isn't it? Isn't anxiety and isolation and loneliness and depression, isn't that just crowding in on people, especially teenagers today? People in the workforce, I mean, social media has created us um, to be, to be anti-social beings. Loneliness and breakdown of human relationship is plaguing and attacking humanity. And we say at the church, you can not only know God, but you can be known by him and in his family. And so we think that that's an amazing testimony to the world that, hey, the church answers what you need. So that's why we're using language like that. It's to know God and to be known as his family. And so there's a now what? So what do we do about this, uh, Tim? What's going on? What's happening next here at Evergreen? Well, I want to invite you um, to examine whether or not God is asking you to change your life in regard to the local church. What has it meant for you so far to belong to the local church? If you can see an expansion of that definition, then I think God is speaking to you um, about what it means to belong to the church and to offer your gifts to him at the church, um, we're not recruiting. 
We're not recruiting volunteers. Uh, that's, that's language I want to get so far away from because that's silly. I mean, community events need volunteers to come, you do your thing, and then you can't wait until it's over. That's what a volunteer is. A servant of Jesus Christ is eager and excited and enriched by serving the Lord. It gives life to serve. I mean, some of you think I will never, ever volunteer at the kids ministry in the back because that is insane. And that may be true for you. But you know what? Those whose heart belongs to the Lord and say, I want to serve these kids, it may be difficult, but there is such a joy that comes from serving him. So I am not recruiting volunteers to make sure Evergreen runs well. I am trying to shepherd the people that God has brought under this umbrella to know what it looks like to be a functioning Christian and to provide opportunity for that to happen as part of the flock that I am to oversee.